and welcome to another Simple Politics podcast. It's the last one of November. I don't know how that's possible. I don't even know how it is November. What is going on? Uh, yeah, time time flies when you're discussing politics. Um, no, hang on. I don't normally come in at this point. <laughs> oh, no. But you're completely incorrect. <laughs> this is the first one of December. It comes out on Friday the 1st of December. Just because we're still oh. hanging out and chatting in November. Like, you've got to think about the <laughs> listeners sometime. Look, I can't, I can't accept that it's almost December. It is December in listener time. It wow. is, yeah. But I can't, I can't even as as we're recording. It's November, and I can't mm. even accept that it will be December tomorrow. So the, I can't put myself in those shoes because it, how is it December? No, it's it like, can't be December. It's time travel thing going on. Happy <laughs> December, everybody. That's what that's what we're going to lead with. Sorry, I'm just having an existential crisis. But mm. I hope you've enjoyed opening the first of your advent calendars this yeah. morning and of course if you're one of our patreon backers then um it is november so hello patreon backers oh, you can join the me early birds yeah yeah that's a strong shout in, in not being in december yet anyway the voices that you've been hearing uh aren't just in your head they are Tat and <laughs> diane hello 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 both how are you brilliant yes really good actually yeah bit chilly but um Yes. Yes. I, I'm, yeah, good. For those of you, for those of you that aren't Patreon members, and Patreon members get to see the video, uh, if they wish, of this podcast, so they can see that Diane is wearing like six jumpers <laughs> and a woolly hat. Um, because I think they don't have like Central heating, heating. In, uh, in Devon. <laughs> Um, I don't know why they don't have heating in Devon, uh, but they, but yeah, clearly not. So, so that's how, how Diane's wrong. In fact, while we're on Patreon, our Patreon members got a bonus episode uh, mm-hmm. last week, and I think it was probably the best episode we've ever done. I think it was insightful. I think it was funny. I think it just brought a bit of nuance and something special. So completely unlike the regular podcast, <laughs> right? Nothing like that. It was, it was, it was, it was, yeah, I think it was rather wonderful. And, and only Patreon members got to, got to listen. So uh, well done to them. If you sign up now, you might be able to listen to the bonus episode, but we don't know. So I can't promise you, you can listen to it, but we do a bonus, a monthly bonus episode, And, um, we try really hard to be articulate in that one. So you can enjoy it. Yes. You might not get this month's monthly bonus episode, but you will get next month's. No, you will get sure. this month's because it's December now. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't do this time travel thing. Um, <laughs> but yes, yes. Lots of amazing benefits for Patreon backers. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash politics if you want to sign up for as little as £3 a month. Okay. Shall we get on with the podcast? Let's do it. Yes. I realise we have been podcasting for four minutes now, but anyway. Let's move on to the first proper section of the podcast. Uh, it's the top post of the week. So, Tatten, what was our third most popular post of this week? Well, it was a weird week last week. Uh, it's all felt quite busy, but but nothing's quite got that much traction and it's an, it's an odd one. Uh, so in at three is uh, the government uh, put out a consultation and it's an odd consultation. 
Because there's uh, the men are playing in the Euros next summer, right? Mm. And England, England looking like a good team. And we've also got Scotland in the tournament, which is mm. fun. They're not looking, I mean, they're not looking as good as England, but, you know, it's nice to have them along for the ride. And Wales have got to win a couple of games and then they could be joining us as well. So, like, and Northern I, I Ireland, it's worth saying, unfortunately, not. I thought it was kinder not to, <laughs> not to not to mention that. I mean, Northern Ireland—they've only got like eleven eligible. Like, like it's such a small, like, like if you no, but if you, it, it, it's such a small area that if you if you need to have be roughly between eighteen and thirty, and you know, able to walk right like there's only 11 of those guys so it's it's really hard it's really hard to I win i think the rugby pipeline's um, stronger to be fair <laughs> yeah i mean it absolutely is but when we play uh that, that that we might be able to have pubs open till 1 a.m as uh, what the government's suggesting 1 a.m pubs matches i mean matches aren't gonna finish that late so it's just so that once the game's over you can stay out and drink and sing songs about how big Harry Maguire's head might be and just do general, It's come. it'll be coming home. I, I'm sure we'll hear that. But yeah, the government consulting on it, I mean, my, my opinion on it, I do, you probably don't care, but my opinion on it is that uh, if the council wants to allow specific pubs where it's going to be contained and, aren't, and not create antisocial behaviour for residents, then they should be allowed to do that if they want. And if they think that a pub's in the middle of a, you know, area where everyone's sleeping and it'll be terrible, they should be able to say no. Like, it, and that seems to make sense to me rather than some kind of central government diktat. Mm. But there we go. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't know until I read this post that pubs couldn't already stay open until 1am. So that shows how up to date I am on. I remember, I remember when closing time was a real issue for me. Because mm. I'd be in the pub and I'd be like, oh no, the bell's gone. <laughs> I haven't been in the pub for closing time <laughs> so long. <laughs> I'm pottering home by nine. <laughs> Whereas I, I'm, I'm so young that I've moved on to the club by then, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Diane, uh, what was our second most popular post of the week? Okay, um, in it too, right, this is a bit of a different one. We're, we're talking about a different country, New Zealand, but there is a UK link, if you bear with me. So we talked about New Zealand because um, it's kind of all going on over there. You might remember, don't we remember, the Jacinda Ardern, who we saw a lot during COVID. And a while ago, she gave up being PM because she said she didn't have enough in the tank and she... Um, she decided to step down and then another guy came in for her Labour Party but kind of wasn't as well known, wasn't, wasn't the, didn't have the same kind of character. But one of Jacinda's big policies way back was to have this generational smoking ban. So the thing where you raise the age limit each year and eventually it becomes a thing where it's just, you know, it's not legal to smoke for people who were born at a certain point onwards. And that was so pioneering and talked about worldwide and thought to be like so epic globally in terms of a policy. But she's gone now, her party have gone now, there's this kind of 
coalition that's taken ages to get itself together in New Zealand and they have had to hammer out some things as any coalition government would they've got together and said well we like this and we don't like this etc etc and one of the things that they have agreed to pan is her generational smoking ban policy and that's interesting for us on a number of fronts one just of the whole thing about how one government can set something and the next government can stop it even though it's like it's it was already going through the legislative process you know but it was the policy that inspired us to do it so Rishi Sunak announced that he was doing a very similar thing back in October now he has said Downing Street have confirmed ours is still all go um this doesn't affect us but it's interesting and you wonder what will be dialed back from this government's legacy if they don't win the next election that's a that's a question it is a question, but I think mm. Labour are quite supportive of this smoking. So, oh, yeah. so where yeah. where where Jacinda Ardern's party left, they were replaced by some people more on the right. Mm. Whereas, if when who knows this government falls, it, they will be replaced by a party more to the left, mm. not much more to the left, but more to the left. And what happens then is is, is obviously the uh, Conservative Party will lurch to the right. We will get a more yeah. right-wing figure in charge, and they will campaign against it. Mm. But it will be, I mean, five years. If if a new Labour government lasts five years, then it's already in action, because I think it's yeah, the age of 14 is. at the moment. So if you're 14 now, you'll never be able to smoke. So that would be, those people would be 19, which is already raising the age. So it's, it would be a really big turnaround of a really well-established policy, and that is less likely to happen. A new a new bill or a new policy that's coming through can easily be cancelled. If we're five years or six years deep into this change, then it's unlikely. And of course, mm-hmm. Labour will want to will want to will say they're going to be a two-term or three-term or four-term government. They don't want to be a five-year and then out. So if it was 10 years, I mean, then we're really talking about it being very, very hard to, to yeah. backtrack on. It would just be normal, like like smoking in pubs. Like mm. when smoking in pubs became illegal, it was quite, it was a very close vote in Parliament. It was very, very um, controversial. Uh, lots of pubs were like, we're going to go out of business and all, like, all of this stuff. I mean, if anyone came in and proposed bringing back smoking in pubs, that would be quite the thing. Although, although, final word for me on this is that, is that in Croatia, I was in Croatia over the summer, and Croatia introduced a smoking ban and then changed its mind and went mm. back to being able to smoke. And so you go into a pub in Croatia, everyone's smoking. Oh, wow. It's really strange. It's re- and, and the idea that this, is what, this, is, this was completely normal yeah. in the UK not that long ago, mm. yeah, strange. Mm. Interested. But have you heard Keir Starmer say anything specific, like anything, that he would change at the minute? Because I can't think of one. So, the, you know, as in any big policies, any of the flagship stuff, like even the North Sea oil and gas licenses, you know, there's, there's nothing you I can... revert them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, very interesting. We are... I mean, I'm a bit 
board of Keir Starmer not coming out with specific policies. He kind of drips them through occasionally, like like the like the twenty eight billion they've been talking about a lot this week, and the um, the VAT on private schools and obviously non doms. Mm. So we know we have a okay. we have a Non-doms. few specific yep. yeah, things, yeah, yeah. but. As we go through next year, he's got to come up with a manifesto. He has to tie his colours to one mast or other. So we're going to see more. We're going to see more from him. And then it'll be easier for voters to decide rather than... Because Keir Starmer's way up in the polls, but that's largely because he's not a, he's not a conservative. Mm-hmm. So we'll see people really deciding if that's the party they're going to want to back. Mm. Yeah. Next year is going to be exciting. If you're a politics nerd. Anyway, uh, Tatton, what was our most popular post of the week? Our most popular post of the week, and this is this is very rare. Our most popular post of the week didn't didn't feel that big to me. Like, so we've got a plane has flown from London to New York using greener like biofuel, like like cooking oil and stuff, and that's that's great, and it shows it can be done. There's no, there's nothing that suggests it's going to be rolled out further. Like it's a proof of, of of concept. I think if we're going to hit net zero anytime, we need to sort out aviation, and this feels like it's going to come a lot slower than the way we need to sort out aviation. I mean, this is to be able to have all planes re-engined. Get enough. I mean, how much cooking oil do you need? I mean, we're going to have to start, presumably, like because there's lots of things that you that might use cooking oil for fuel, mm-hmm. right? We, are we all going to have cooking oil recycling within our household? I mean, is that an infrastructure that we could, like we have with composting? Like... We need to generate a lot of cooking oil. We need to generate, like, there's a lot of changes that need to happen here. So, so yeah, I mean, it's cool, right? Everyone wants 70% fewer emissions. Everyone wants not to use fossil fuels. I'm absolutely damn straight. So I can see why I got all the likes. I just want, I want more solutions that are going to happen quicker. Because technology is something that a lot of people who don't like our current net zero strategy they say there's no point in making people pay, in making people pay higher bills or making people, putting people out, being inconvenient. And they say India and China and even America are belching out so much, uh, you know, fuels or CO2, or whatever it is. And they say, and the solution to this is going to come through technology. Mm-hmm. We need to invest in tech firms who will find ways of doing things without any loss of quality of life. And that would be amazing and wonderful. But this feels like a tiny step towards something that's going to take decades. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think it is going to take decades. And I think the, that the people involved in this this week, so Richard Branson is one of them, it is almost putting a marker down and saying, okay, we can do this. It's possible. And it now needs all the investment. It needs massive sustainable aviation fuel plants in the UK if you want this to happen, you know. And um, but in some well, way, a sustainable, mm. a sustainable plant. I mean, is that just like a big fryer? <laughs> like 
<laughs> I quite like to live all. near, a, near a, 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 a sustainable plant. In some ways, though, it feels it could be easier, I think, if the aviation industry had the desire to do it. Because with electric cars, for example, it's so hard, I think, getting that established widespread in the UK, getting everyone switched on to that, um, changing vehicles, charging points, infrastructure, all of it, making it easy. But when you get on a plane, you don't pick what fuel they've got. You, you're not telling them what to do. You just get on the plane because you've paid your ticket. So in many ways, I think that could be an easier change because you don't have to bring people with you, maybe. Well, you've got to bring the airlines with you. Yeah. And that's, you know, and also revolutionize how airports work. Yeah, small things. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, it may only be a proof of concept at this stage, but at least it's a first step. Yeah, I mean, you I totally get that. can't make change without that first step. Totally get that. And so, so it's a good news it's a good news story for 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 everyone. And if any big aviation bosses are listening, you know Get in touch, we'll give you some tips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our listeners seem to like it. So yeah. The second section of the podcast, it's the mailbag. This is your opportunity to ask us questions. Oh, what have we got? What have we got? This week. Uh, Lisa was clearly listening last week because uh, we were talking about living wage last week. And mm. she asks, if a business can't afford to pay a living wage to its staff, doesn't that suggest it's not a viable business? That Who wants to tough. have this one? I'm going to say not in all circumstances, <laughs> which is a bit of a cop-out. It's a massive cop-out. It's a massive yeah. But But um, cash flow problems are a real thing, right? So mm -hmm. if you've got a small business and you've got outgoings and you've got things you need to, materials you need to buy to make your stuff to then sell and you know you're going to make profit down the line, but it's tough. It's really tough and it's really hard if you don't have a starting point of a big investment, right? And I think that sometimes someone can be genuinely trying to get something off the ground and potentially not able to quite make that living wage amount. I don't know, but yeah, it's tricky. So, so a business starts, I mean, always with a minimum viable product. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You gotta, you gotta get your idea out there so you can start to make something, mm -hmm. whatever that, you know, small, 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 small. If SP finances got really bad, right? When SP finances <laughs> get really bad, um, I would just have to do it on my own. Yeah. And that's and that, you know, SP would be rubbish. <laughs> but 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 it would be about scaling down. Mm. So it, it, it wouldn't be viable. And some businesses can have fewer workers. And we have pretty much still employment unemployment is creeping up slowly and that's quite worrying for for some people for for the but at the moment we're at the very beginning of it creeping up and hopefully that's going to be it but we pretty much still have full employment we still have signs in every shop you go into and every restaurant you go into it's like help wanted you know 
Yeah. Get like like, yeah. like come and come and work here. So it's better for, I mean, in terms of just money, it's better for someone to go and work for a living wage rather than kind of be stuck with someone who can't quite afford it or whatever, because it's not working. Now, the time that doesn't stand is in childcare and in social care. Mm. Because if the government are fund they you know they're funding 15 hours a week for for two year olds now that money they give a set amount of money and they need to pay so they've their bills have suddenly gone up most a, a vast majority of people uh, working in nurseries or working in care homes are on minimum wage or or lower if some of the, if they come from abroad and that's a, that's a, that's a different conversation Trying to maintain the viability of a care home or a nursery is really hard, even if it's completely essential to the community. Mm-hmm. So viable business on the high street, viable online business, whatever, I think that you've got to live within your means. If you can't afford staff, you can't have staff. What to do with service like, you know, in the care industry, I think is much trickier. Mm-hmm. It's tricky, especially right now, isn't it? Because things like energy bills have gone up exponentially. You know, the things that people can't mm-hmm. control. I have more sympathy than I might have done. For mm. Smaller businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to say, you are worth, anyone is worth paying £11.40 an hour. Totally. Because oh, if yeah. someone yeah. is giving At their labour, yeah. then, mm-hmm. then they need to be rewarded. They need to go, they need to pay rent. Their electric's gone yeah. up. Their, you know, their 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 groceries have gone up. Like, yeah, that shouldn't be. That's not. That is no. non-negotiable, and that's completely universally agreed by, well, like everyone. Mm. I just, I just, I didn't want to end this conversation without being clear on that. Oh yeah, yeah. We like people being able to live. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. At and getting a good wage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How else can they join the Patreon? Basically, well, that's all exactly. I care about. If they're not being paid a living wage. <laughs> Benjamin asks. Benjamin. What was... Yeah, we, we like Benjamin's asked a lot of questions. Yeah. Benjamin's a good regular listener. So oh. hi, Benjamin. But he asks, what was Tatton's favorite artist on Spotify Wrapped? Oh, that, I wasn't expecting that. Um, so on <laughs> Spotify Wrapped. Read the script again. Excuse me. Uh, on Spotify Wrapped. Uh, my number one artist was a singer called Maisie Peters. She, I first heard of her because someone DM'd me and said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, Maisie Peters likes SP. And I was like, oh, I don't know who this is. Um, This was like two years ago, maybe three years ago. I don't know. Um, I think two years ago. And I like to listen to friends. I like to People I've come in contact with, I like to watch and listen to. It's, 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 just, it's just nicer, right? So I checked around. I was like, oh, this is, I, like, I like this singer. And yeah, I've listened to her a lot since then. And then I sent her a book, um, Politics Were Better, to have a, look, have a look at before it was published. And we spoke a little bit on the DMs. And oh my gosh, she's every bit as wonderful as you might think she is. Um, so great. Great pop music, really deep lyrics at times, quite silly at other times. Yeah, I love her. Uh, yeah, so she was my number one artist on Spotify Wrapped. Nice. Diane, do you use Spotify? No. 
not me. I don't. I don't. I just shite at my Alexa to play different things. I mean, one um, one one thing that did strike me because I just sit sit here listening to music all day. I was in the top six percent of Spotify listeners of listening to music really across wow. across the world. Wow, that's, um, that's quite a bunch of that. that. Is. That's yeah. pretty it's amazing. It's a lot of Maisie Peters. You, it's, a, you, it's a lot. You've done wonders <laughs> for Maisie Peters. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, all her streaming revenue is from you. <laughs> well, I do love her, to be fair. So there we go. No, it's been nice because we've had a few people who listen to the podcast through Spotify and we've popped up on their top yeah. podcast of the year list and they've been sharing that with us so that's lovely so yeah thanks to those who've done that uh final question is from peter he asks two questions when do your christmas decorations go up and what about your christmas playlist oh peter <laughs> yeah it's december now tatten it is december now the joy Mm-hmm. tidings of comfort and joy is uh what we're bringing you here go on diane when are you when are you gonna when are you gonna i mean yeah. <laughs> stop it um right mine's going up this weekend it's it's the you know first weekend of december first of december as close to that as i can possibly get my tree and decorations will go up because you've got to squeeze as much out of it as you can. I'm not going through the faff of putting up a tree for like a small amount. I'm going to get the most out of it. And what was the other bit? Music wise. Yeah. I love all the Christmas. All, all of them bring me joy. But it's, what about wizards? I mean, wizard is the it, worst. That's the worst it. Christmas music. No. I hear the opening bars and it takes me back to the late 80s waiting to see if I was going to get a Care Bear. You know, that's the... <laughs> <laughs> and did you and did, did you get a, get a care bear i did oh. i did so happy times but no all of it and michael buble you can't go wrong with his crooning through christmas i mean you can you can <laughs> like like i think the, my, my official rule on christmas music is is it good enough for you to listen to without all the festive schmaltz around it like like I, I like I like Christmas music. I've got like Phoebe Bridges, who I adore, um, does like Christmas songs every year, and they're amazing. Yeah, I was, I was trying to remember a line from one so I could pull it out. It's gone. Um, full of good food and lousy beer is uh, is a nice a nice snippet from her. I will not be. I mean, uh, no, 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 no. I will have lots of Christmas decorations because I have little people. And um, and also a partner who wants to do that shit. Um, <laughs> I would quite happily just listen to sad Christmas songs uh, and weep and uh, drink mild wine. I mean, that would be that would be ideal for me. But unfortunately, I have to I have to do all kinds of other things. But do you know, do you know a song like I I I I, I did know this question was coming. 
and I was thinking about Wham. And the reason I like Wham is that it, for me, it's the perfect Christmas song because it's it's uh, it's got that nostalgia feel. It's been around for so long. It's even about last Christmas. So that's like literally the most nostalgic thing you could say, last Christmas. Um, uh, and it's kind of about love. And then it's like, oh, you uh, this year, I'm going to give it to someone special. It's like, oh, yeah, go on. Go on, you. And then, oh, no, but you'd fool me again. And, and he's sad and is miserable and he's lonely and he loves he loves them and it's not going to happen and um it's 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 everything christmas to me i love it i'm as passionate about wham as politics <laughs> amazing and what about you charlotte i mean yeah <laughs> um yeah so in terms of christmas music i mean i really like uh, carol of the bells the metallica version <laughs> so dramatic but yeah there have really been loads of so, there have been you know. loads of like bad religion have an excellent uh christmas Do album they? like there's like like metal metal and punk versions are great yeah but yeah christmas decorations if i lived alone i wouldn't put them up my flatmate will make us put them up at some point but as a kid we used to put them up on christmas eve so one yeah, one really. day, one year, we should just move in together. You and yeah. me, just have a little flat and uh, just, just kind of go Grinches. to work. Just kind of just kind of stand. Just just wake oh up in the morning God. and go. Oh, there we go, another day. <laughs> Do you know they always every year on gov.uk, usually about Boxing Day, they put up a post with stats on for people who filed their tax return on Christmas Day, and it's really high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah love it yeah love it anyway yeah anyway yes let us know when you put up your christmas decorations no don't is a feel is a thing i feel we need to i don't know that's no, kind of an no. audience interaction no, i mean thing. like of all the audience interaction <laughs> things lovely no, I'm listener the one, <laughs> i'm the one who has to deal with the dms tat and let you know you all don't right. even have to all worry right, about it listener you fill charlotte in <laughs> On uh, uh, the specifications of your Christmas arrangements. What are you going to do with that information? I don't know. I just... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see that. Sometimes I get confused between whether we're a podcast or if this is a drive time show. Like, I I just... Mm, Anyway. It is confusing. It can can be, Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the third section, which this week is Inquiry Watch. So, yeah, the COVID inquiries had many big appearances this week. Tell us about that, Tatum. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a lot this week, but we need to go back a little bit because um, this section of the COVID inquiry is into the political decisions. We've had bits on arrangements and things, so none of this mm. is about PPE specifically none of it's about 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 furlough particularly i don't think it's it's about the restrictions and how they worked and how they were put in place um so the first wave of people we had were civil servants that's the people who were doing the work and then the politicians basically tell them what to do or they give politicians choices and the politicians to choose and what they talk, talked about is 
a completely toxic atmosphere at, at number 10 at the time. And it was, it was this really odd thing because the team had all been bought in to deliver Brexit. Mm. That, that was their job. And Boris Johnson, you know, had this huge election win in 2019, in December 2019. And then this started hitting in January. This, we started hearing about China in January. And so we had, and, and I mean, Helen McNamara, who was a very senior uh, civil servant, was talking about how toxic or how male it was. She said that, that most meetings didn't have any women there and there was just there was no diversity of people in there she was treated terribly uh and it wasn't just her that said that other people referred to her as being treated terribly you know as a woman she was she was very compelling at the time and we saw lots of other senior civil servants saying it just didn't work that well and then Dominic Cummings came on and he he said that he had done a really great job so that's I'm sure he did well done Dominic and then we had the health experts in and they said that they did the best they could. They said that it was hard knowing what to do. It wasn't their job to decide. They said that, that, that they absolutely clearly, everyone agreed that advice on washing hands and social distancing was a no cost thing right? Stay a bit further away, wash your hands. That was, that, was a, that was a measure that could be bought out, bang, and it's there. And there was some disagreement between them about when they wanted lockdown to start. And generally, it seems like they were, they were pushing for a lockdown about a week before we went into lockdown to stop it all. And then, you know, the idea is if we'd done it a week earlier, would we have saved 10,000 lives? Possibly. We, I mean, it, it, it's it's very hard to actually say what would have what would have happened, and and they also said the other interesting thing the scientists said was that they would come into a team of scientists and agree what they were going to do, and then present that. And one disadvantage of that is that the government were being presented a single view, rather than being told that some people say this and some people say that. To have that to have that clear message to government, the plurality of opinion within the science community wasn't communicated, mm. and there was general agreement from all the the people you would have seen at the briefings that that was probably an error. We, we, we should have, we should have done it done that differently. So we can see already that we got the wrong atmosphere, scientists disagreeing, but kind of oddly agreeing. And then we've had the politicians start this week. And um, it was it was Mayor Monday at the beginning, and we had uh, Steve Rotherham, and we had Andy Burnham, and we had Sadiq Khan. And they basically all said, yeah, it was a bit rubbish that we couldn't, we, no one listened to us. And we were, we were in a group, including Andy Street, Mm. the conservative mayor of the West Midlands yeah. and including a couple of other conservatives. So it's not like it was just the Labour mayors who were saying, we need to have more of a say in this. Andy Burnham was saying that when it was bad in Manchester and they were taken out of lockdown into tier one or two or three, whatever it was, he was saying he was urging not so not to move down a tier because it was much worse in Manchester than it was in London. And he thought that the decision was London-focused when 
he said, keep us with worse restrictions now so that we can be better off later on. And he was ignored. So all the mayors, we didn't see any of the Conservative mayors, I don't know why, but all the mayors we saw said that it was, a, it was really tough. Uh, then on Tuesday, we had Michael Gove, and he he is so interesting to watch. Um, I think he's a very intelligent man. And he, he was saying that one problem is that if you chair COBRA, the emergency committee, mm-hmm. you're asking all the questions. So if the health minister, which quite frequently happened, is chairing COBRA, he's asking everyone the questions and no one's putting him under scrutiny. So his actions go largely unchecked. Whereas what should happen is someone neutral should chair Cobra mm-hmm. and then and then the health secretary gets, gets, gets scrutinized. As I've mentioned, the health secretary, uh, Matt Hancock from most of it, Sajid Javid as well, but Matt Hancock from most of it, he's not come out of this very well. He's come out of it as being arrogant. He's come out of it as being overconfident. He's come out of it as uh, not listening to people. He's come out of it as being dismissive. He's come out of it. I mean, we know, we know that um, he's a rat, and and he's you know he not only did he break the rules by having an affair at work with his own rules that he knew. I mean, the, you know, the moral morality of doing that, you know, behind his wife's back and all of this, and then trying to justify it by saying, well, I fell in love. It's like people kept to those rules when they were in love, but he didn't think it applied to him. That kind of feeds into that overconfidence thing that we've heard from other people about the guy. And then, of course, you know he went to the jungle rather than representing his people, rather than... Listen, like, it's not a partisan thing. Like, there's lots of conservatives I like. I just think he's the worst man in history. Um, and there have been, and in history, there have been some bad men. I, I understand that. Vlad the Impaler, he wasn't brilliant, but Matt Hancock. So, anyway, he's not come out very well of this. But although Michael Gove said that he, he thinks he's a nice guy, but I think that's partly because Michael Gove, by that point, doesn't need to send anything bad about Matt Hancock. So why would you? Like if you're trying to keep as many people on side, just keep keep things keep things to you. And then Dominic Raab came on and he was like, Boris Johnson's great. And it, the, the suggestion was there was absolutely nothing in, in, in place for when Dominic Raab became, you know, stand-in PM. Um, and it was all a little bit chaotic. But the whole thing was chaotic. Oh. <sighs> Um, I've been talking for absolutely ages on this. It's all I've watched. It's all I've thought about for the last three three weeks. Um, uh, they had a week off last week, and um, I just I just had to you know play tiddlywinks or something. I don't know what I, how I filled my time. It's it, it's fascinating, and I'm going to do my uh, crystal ball now as well because next week we've got Boris Johnson. A two days worth of Boris Johnson today. If you're listening on Friday today, uh, it's the second day of Matt Hancock's evidence. We can't tell you about Matt Hancock's evidence because we're recording on 
Thursday, and uh, we are currently 20 minutes into Matt Hancock's evidence, which we haven't listened to because we've been talking to you, lovely listener. Uh, I want to say we, it's mostly been me, so I'm sorry. Um, we, so we can't tell you about Matt Hancock's evidence. That's happening as we speak. That's going to happen, uh, yeah, to, on Friday uh, for half a day, and then next week, two full days of Boris Johnson defending his actions. And one thing we know about Boris Johnson is he likes to defend his actions. Mm. I'm done. Well done. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't be I'm ridiculous. Just, it was that it's a really epic. It was. T- <laughs> I just. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's move on to the crystal ball properly. Diane, what's in your crystal ball? Because we've heard tons. Yeah, so we haven't really spent a lot of time on this. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, it's because we're kind of waiting for to see if something firm comes out of it. But that's COP28, okay? COP28 is in Dubai. Spoiler. Spoiler, it won't. Yeah, I... I yeah, I'm sceptical, but we'll wait and see. But my goodness, is everyone going out there? So... Rishi's out there, but also Keir. And this is really interesting. He has arranged lots of meetings with, in you know, world leaders as well as he wants to be out there doing the, you know, he met, he met the Greek PM this week when Rishi wouldn't, you know, He's, uh, <laughs> he is out there. That's such a shambles. Oh man. But he is out there getting his diplomacy in action you know, King Charles is going. So for all the energy spent on this, you know, we want to see some big things, but I don't think this is going to be a Paris 2015, unfortunately. I think it's just going to be a lot more talk. Oh, Diane, if, like but Paris 2015, we all agreed to stuff and then just I haven't know. done it. I know. Like, so even if, even if we get really good concrete targets, it doesn't mean anything. So hard. Let's end on a high. Let's say something nice. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I was only joking, Matt. I love you, really. And it's Christmas. Oh, God. No, we said end on a high, Diane. Mm. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, uh, what is going on while mm. all the rest of the stuff is going on is we are getting a government who are doing things. The King's Speech is progressing with speed through the House of Commons. The House of Lords are kicking off. So the House of Lords start with um, the less controversial, more like, yeah, yeah, fine, we'll get this done. Stuff starts in House of Lords, and then and then stuff that, that is going to be, yeah, a bit, ooh, uh, starts in the House of Commons. And it's happening. And I like to see a government doing the things they, they want to do. And and these are the things that a lot of them are in the manifesto. They were elected in 2019. So that is fulfilling their promises to the people who voted for them in huge numbers. And it's also, this is this government's, these are this government's solutions to the problems that we have. And I really like to see them getting on with it as we go. Wow. Nice bit of optimism there. And on that note, before anyone says anything not optimistic, let's say goodbye. <laughs>
Uh, and <laughs> we will uh, be back next week with more stuff. Who knows what it'll be? Uh, thank you, Tatton and Diane. But it'll be Boris Johnson. <laughs> okay. That's what it'll be. <laughs> That's optimistic. There's going to be loads to talk about. I'm sorry, sorry. That's not. Yeah, there's always sorry. loads anyway, to talk about in politics. I'm not supposed to talk anymore. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. just heard a stripped media production.